Hi, everybody. This is Charlie Guarino. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk SMB. I'm very happy today to be joined by the principal software engineer and the team lead of Rational Developer for IBMI at Help Systems, Steve Farrell. Steve, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Charlie. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we have a chance to, uh, to chat and talk about RDI. So I, as I read your title here, the principal software engineer of RDI, can you give us a, a, a little better idea what that actually means? You know, what, is that, what does that title comprise? Well, I am the technical lead for RDI. So I basically uh, am a liaison with uh, the uh, IBM Toronto team um, to make sure that we get all the development um, and L three support for uh, RDI. So once a, a defect comes in, we're going to handle those, um, but we don't do the actual support itself. Right. So it's, it's pure development of the product. Right. So we, you know, we come up with the new features, new functions, and uh, any, any and all of the APAR fixes. So, you know, Steve, I have a list of questions that I'd like to go over with you, but one of the very first questions is a question that I get a lot when I'm out when I'm out in the field. A question that's that's almost always brought to me is, "How do I get the product?" Well, Charlie, one of the one of my favorite uh, websites is the RDI Hub, but I also have a, a YouTube channel where I do uh, ninety second videos, and I have the link for actually getting the uh, trial version downloaded. But I'd go to the RDI Hub. Um, you can also just Google you know, rational developer for I, and uh, you can find a seller that will, you know, sell you RDI. We don't, at Help Systems, we don't sell the product. We just do the development of it. So any discussions that, we, that people might have about licensing, things like that, that would not be directed to you at all? No, uh, but again, we'll take those questions and uh, we'll pass them on. You know, we do work closely with the uh, the teams in IBM, not only the development teams or the former development teams, but we also meet with the offering managers um, like Tim Rowe and Allison uh, on a regular basis. Um, you know, so we bring up a lot of these and we meet, uh, you know, every month or so with uh, level one, two support and we'll have a discussion with them. And that's probably their number one issue is licensing, right? People are saying, where can I find my license? Um, and it, it is tricky. Um, RDI Hub does have a great uh, step through of, you know, how to find um, your reseller, um, how to find your license, how to do the installs. I will tell you that once you once you get that going, it, it is seamless. It's, it's not it's, it, it seems it might seem complicated, but really just follow the instructions and it really does install quite readily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the install, like I said, typically it's it's really a matter of finding that license jar, right? Once you have the license jar, it's very easy to install the license. It's that interaction with those resellers, right? Or through passport services. Uh, but again, there, there are, on the RDI hub, there, there is a webpage that talks about how to obtain your license. So, which tells you that it is fairly complicated, right? And, and again, it's outside of our scope. So I can't really do anything about that. Um, other than help direct those questions to um, Allison and uh, that team. So, you know, one of the greatest things I think that that was uh, the greatest decisions that were made in the last year or 
two, I guess, perhaps, is the, uh, the introductory trial. That is that when you download it, you are entitled to a, uh, it was 60 days, now it's it doubled, 120 days, which to me is phenomenal. Yeah, and, and the, really the, the driver behind that was, you know, people were asking, you know, what about students, right? I have a class. Um, I don't want to go buy RDI necessarily, right? I want to be able to use it for my RPG class. So we decided that the 120 days uh, makes it available for those folks to go ahead and do it. Plus, you know, it, it can take some time to get used to um, work around, kick tires. Uh, 120 days makes it pretty easy to, you know, figure out how to use RDI. And, and my, my thought is by the time you're done with that 120 days, you're going to want to buy a license because you're going to find it's too difficult to go back to a PDM or, or SU. I absolutely agree with that. Once, once you've gone that way. And, and in fact, in fact, for sure, the, uh, once you get past that initial learning curve, the, the value is easily, and this has been documented, but I, I support this 20, 30, even 40%, you know, more productivity. It's, it's very obvious how you can gain that in such a short amount of time. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's one of the number one reasons why, you know, I, I had used RDI in the past, um, but when we'd used it in the past, it was for records that were longer than, uh, you know, 90 or 80 characters long. Um, but in, you know, previous versions, I found it difficult to use. Um, when RDI 9.6 came out, they did a wonderful job, IBM Lab did um, on 9.6, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back to PDM SU. It's you think about people who are still using that and all the functionality that they're missing with the with the new product. Not to mention, and we know this, you know, SCU has been stabilized at six one. Yeah, it's you know back in 2017 when when uh, we took over the development of RDI it was actually before I even met the team in IBM. Um, Susan Gantner was here in Eden Prairie, and she was doing a, a Q user on uh, RPG enhancements. And I was sitting in the back of the room, and she had a question. She said, how many people in the room um, have been doing RPG for more than 10 years, 20 years? And everyone had their hands up. And then she asked, how many of you use RDI? And 60% of the hands went down. So here we have a lot of people who are using um, RPG and only at that point, uh, 40% were using RDI. So um, that was the, the epiphany of, you know, we need to come up with a better way to make it easier for those folks to uh, transition um, to RDI. So, And the product continues to get, get updates, it gets improved. I know there are fixed packs that come out on some kind of uh, regular cadence. What is that regular cadence for fixed packs or new releases? Well, the, what we've been doing is since we've actually been developing, we've only done iFixes or fix packs. Um, the difference is in a, in a fix pack, we try to do our cadence of um, spring and fall TR, right? So IBM does enhancements on a, a spring quarter and a fall quarter. So we try to, to mirror ours with uh, IBM. So we typically do like a, a April, November um, timeframe. Now, the difference, again, between, you know, an I, an iFix or a patch um, and a release, you know, I had made a decision um, a while back when we first took over um, RDI that 
I wouldn't want to go to a new release um, without going to a new version of Eclipse, right? Because to me, that's a major boundary, right? So, so that's why, you know, we're on 9.6.12 um, will be the next uh, release coming out. Um, and so that's really the driving factor of, you know, what's the difference between, you know, an enhancement pack versus uh, a new release. And with that, talking about the new, um, the new fixed packs and the things like that. So there are always new features being added. So, so let's talk about that because that, that's something that comes up a lot. And that is, how do you decide or how does the team decide exactly which features are identified to be put in, into any particular fixed pack or release? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, IBM has this wonderful um, thing called the RFEs, Request for Enhancements. And again, if you're not sure how to get to that, RDI Hub has a great link to take you right in there. Um, it allows users to go ahead and enter new enhancements. Um, it lets them vote on current enhancements. And uh, so that's probably our number one driving uh, way. We also have a, a WDSCI uh, mailing list. People will mail things out. Um, again, we talked about meeting with IBM support and uh, development teams. Um, they'll drive some, um, including, you know, different groups within IBM, um, large customers, things like that. Uh, and then we do this process here at Help Systems called customer interviews, where we'll we'll talk to customers specifically, and you know, it's a thirty-minute little conversation that I have with customers. Um, and it's not necessarily just on RDI. It's it's kind of what's driving, you know, their development, what's driving, um, you know, what what's difficult things they have in life that that we may be able to help with, right? May not be able to help them with it, but sometimes just having them talk it through uh, really helps. Um, and then we we meet with the trainers, you know, we, we talk with all the trainers, we have uh, discussions uh, occasionally. I know we need to have one here in uh, 2022 here soon. Um, tweets, um, we have a lot of internal users. Um, Help Systems has been around for, uh, gosh, I don't know, over 30 years. I've worked here for 25. And in that time, that first 21 years, I worked a lot of RPG uh, CL programs. And so we've got a lot of internal users um, that will come up with uh, different things. So they'll say, gosh, sure, sure it would be nice if, you know, or, or just, you know, in general, we're, um, we'll run into the same thing. And then of course, you know, the Q user story that I had talked about earlier was a perfect example of driving um, the PDM perspective, you know, to help new users. And when we talked about that at IBM, you know, in, in having that little option field, you know, the team was a little reluctant at first to have that. And so we just said, okay, then we make it, you know, able for folks to turn it off. Um, but it was funny because as we were sitting there learning the product, you know, the team would be showing us different things and they were constantly creating new filters, right? To go look at different source members. And each time they did that, they would be like, gosh, you know, like this is a perfect example of a quick filter, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we had the object table view quick filter now? And, uh, you know, so that really solidified why we needed to do it uh, was seeing that training session. So. But doesn't it go beyond that, Steve? I mean, adding enhancements is one thing and that's always a good thing. But before it's rolled out to the general public, 
um, it has to be tested in the field by developers. And I know we there's some discussion out there about uh, beta, how is it beta tested? I know we there, there is an offering for beta testers, or how does that work? Sure. Um, well, first off, you know we we help systems do a lot of uh, testing, right? And what we inherited was a lot of um, what we'd call delta testing, right? Test J unit testing where we have automated tests. But what we really need um, is beta testers, right? And I've put the call out in different areas and it's good that we're having the discussion now. But what we typically do is about six weeks before we're going to generally announce, we'll send out a, a fix pack to uh, beta testers and have them test it, right? Because yes, we have people here internally testing. We have uh, you know the Delta tests that I talked about. We have um, internal users who will help us with the beta testing as well. But when we get more involved beta testers, they have a much more diverse base of source, right? Um, and that really is helpful. So again, if you're interested, I'll give Charlie my email address, contact me um, or contact support, um, IBM support and say, you'd like to be on the list. Uh, we're always looking for it. The only thing we ask is um, that people sign a non-disclosure agreement so they don't, you know, put screenshots out until uh, we're actually GA. But that was a great question. Sure. So I, I know, Steve, as far as enhancements themselves are concerned, it seems that it's not true that the majority of enhancements are to RPG, but that's not entirely true. I know more recently, other languages have benefited from enhancements as well. Can you talk about some of those? Sure. You know, we, we do a survey um, here at Help Systems where we try to figure out, you know, this system of IBMI and how things are. And RPG is probably 80% of used out there. That's why most of our focus is there. Um, but recently we, you know, we updated the, uh, the outline for CL because we know that's more and more people are using CL, right? And, you know, we are being asked to do more with COBOL. So whenever we can, we, we, we will be updating the, the COBOL output as well. Um, you know, there are other languages as well um, that I've been putting out on my video uh, series. Um, so I've got, if you just Google RDI, Steve Farrell, or just Farrell RDI videos, I've got 90 second videos out there. And, you know, out there, I'm showing people how to do Python, right? You can, you can write and run Python uh, all within RDI uh, directly, and it will do syntax uh, highlighting um, and even limited uh, content assist. So, um, so it's not just for RPG. And of course, one of the things I like is the SQL that has been new, um, newer enhanced formatting, which I think is analogous to the ACS SQL formatter. Right, and actually it's, it's uh, even integrated, right? Um, that team supplies a plugin for us. So um, I know you had talked about, you know, kind of our role here at Help Systems um, from the development standpoint. And one of the things we do is we get plugins from IBM, right? They supply us things like LPEX, uh, debug, um, and one of the things we get is that new um, SQL format or so. Steve, you mentioned the uh, the RFE community, request for enhancement community, and, and that's to me is one of the mo most powerful tools that the community has at their disposal. The ability to communicate directly with the developers of, of various products that IBM offers, and 
it, it really, I know it gives them a lot of guidance, gives IBM that is a lot of guidance in what, what's being asked for. But I went recently into the RDI RFE community and I see so many requests out there that have the status uncommitted candidate. And I know it, the very nature of the RFE community is that people, other people can vote on your requests. And that's the, the premise is that more votes, the more votes any one request gets, that will hopefully get looked at more closely. But I've seen some requests out there with, with uh, seemingly far fewer votes that get implemented. Can you speak to that? Sure. Um, the RFE system is, is a wonderful tool, right? And you'd mentioned uncommitted candidate. And basically what that means is every two weeks uh, we meet with IBM. Um, last year was the first time that any team at IBM had gone through every single RFE. So last year, as we were going through these RFEs, there may have been some that had, you know, minor votes, but we thought, you know, more people may not have voted for that because they didn't know that it existed, right? You know, we may have at that point had 300 RFEs. So it makes it kind of difficult for most users to go through and, and view them. Um, so a lot of times, you know, our number one focus here at, at Help Systems is um, reliability, right? We want to make sure that you're not restarting RDI. Um, we've done a wonderful job since uh, 9602. Um, there was some issues early on with 9602. We addressed those with 9603. Ever since that, it's been our number one focus. Our number two focus is productivity, right? Because during our customer interviews, Almost everyone tells me, hey, we're being asked to do more with less time, right, or less people. So that tells me that we really have to focus on productivity. So there are times where we're reviewing these RFEs and we're like, gosh, you know, that would be much more productive. Let's go ahead and implement that. So we typically try to keep, you know, um, the uncommitted candidates, uh, you know, and once they hit a threshold of 40 or 50, that's when we start looking you know, more seriously at them. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to uh, implement something that has five votes or two votes, right? Because it really is the impact on productivity for users. So great question. And I wonder maybe if there's one that has lesser lesser amount of votes, but maybe it's, it's, uh, it's associated with another fix that's also being implemented. So it's easier to put in at that same time. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, it's it's while we're touching the code, if there's something else that we can do to help, um, you know, and a lot of times we'll catch things while we're we're in playing with it. You know, we'll be testing something and say, gosh, I have to do this every time. You know, a great example is, uh, um, you know, where we're doing different tests um, this last cycle. Every time I would go in, I'd have to remember to go ahead and type the insert key in there, right? And we had an RFE out there, and I, I really can't say, you know, what's coming out in future versions, but I can tell you that that's one that drove me crazy, you know, having to remember hit, hit that insert key. So um, I'll tease a little bit to say that, you know, with this next release, you won't have to worry about that. You'll be able to set a setting and it will set the insert for you. So, but again, the uncommitted, you know, when you talked about uncommitted uh, candidates, right? Those are ones that mean we've reviewed them. We think that they're uh, worthy of sitting around and getting more votes. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do them, right? Um, you may have one that sits out there for many years, um, 
with two votes and we just may at some point say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and decline that. See, what do you think right now is the most powerful function within the product? Um, I would have to say refactoring. Um, Charlie, I know uh, that people, that was, you know, the number one and number two voted uh, RFEs over time. And, you know, it was great that we were able to implement them. And we did it in kind of phased, you know, we, we tried to build on success. So at the time we came out with extract constants, um, we did just string constants. Um, and again, uh, you know, it's helpful because you're able to reduce your code by, by reusing that information, right? And then now we added the ability to refactor all constants, which is really helpful. And then refactoring uh, procedures, right? Dry versus wet. I, I doesn't matter whether you do the uh, the uh, rule of two or three. You know, I hear people all the time. I'm, I'm asked, "What's the easiest way to copy code from one member to another?" And my thought is, don't extract that. Put it into a copy module. Have that code one time. You know, I, I always tell my developers um, while you're coding. You know, the first time you code something, code it. Code it the way you need to code it. As soon as you copy that code, think about the fact, can you abstract that so you can reuse it? Because it's easier to go back and test, right? You're testing one module or one procedure instead of having to make a change in 15 different things. Um, so I would say uh, refactoring, if you're not using it, please give it a try. Um, I know it's difficult sometimes with uh, you know, an existing code base, you may be told you can't do that. Um, but it, it's, you know, if you're writing new code, I highly recommend you do that, right? You want to change a string. It's a lot easier to go up and change it in the constant than have to go change it in 15 different spots. I have to agree with you there, Steve. It's, uh, I was, I totally agree with you. I, I think the extract procedure particularly is the one that's one of my favorites. And I think that that's a real high value function. If you look at the roadmap to code modernization, things like that, anything, anytime you can extract, that, that puts you on a path. Now you can take that particular procedure and maybe go one step further, put it into its own module and service program right there and make talk about reusability. That, that's a perfect uh, argument for that or argument or a perfect benefit, I should really say, to doing that. Mm -hmm. and, that and that includes, you know, it will create the necessary parameters. It doesn't always do a perfect job, but, but, but you know, refactoring procedures is, is, is not not a trivial thing to do, but it does a fairly good job. And, and I will say that, you know, again, building blocks uh, will continue to improve it. Uh, we do need to get better at um, looking at the parameters and, and uh, doing them for you. We need to get better at uh, exporting them for you. You know, I, and I will say that, you know, long-term roadmap, that's an area that we'll continue to uh, improve on, right? And, you know, we may be done with the original RFE, but, uh, you know, we will continue to make it, make you more productive by uh, doing that, so. You know, as long as we're talking about modernization, Steve, I know a, a very big push in many shops right now is using more formal change management, including things like Git. And in the world of Git, that's going to require source members being stored in the IFS, for example. I know IF, some IFS support has been added, but what can you talk about as far as IFS support, and maybe even a, a quick thought on how Git might might come out. Well, we have you know we have a lot of third party vendors um, we call plugins, right? That 
that do different things as far as uh, you know extending Git or their own um, their own form of uh, uh, version control, right? So we do at some point have to you know improve it. You're able to use Git. I know um, I've seen videos by you, Charlie, on how to go ahead and set it up. Um, it, it's not the easiest, um, but you know, I have a video showing people how to move things into IFS, um, you know, from QSIS it, and you can, you can use the IFS, you know, pretty easily within, uh, in, uh, RDI. And, uh, you know, you'd asked earlier about how we come up with different features, right? And I know we had a tweet once that said, um, you know, I'm not able to open a copy member in IFS. And that was a trigger to me to say, you know what, why, why do we make it easy for folks to open regular? Uh, they should be able to open IFS once just as easy. So that was, you know, a driving factor of, um, you know, allowing people to have um, IFS copy uh, modules. So, you know, we're, we're working toward that. Um, I know it's come up within the last two years of, you know, can we do more and should we do more? And we are seeing more and more people going to version control, which is great because when you look at the survey to see how many people are actually using some sort of version control, it's kind of scary how many people don't, right? So anything we can do to make it easier for those folks um, without stepping on the toes of our um, third-party vendors, we have to, that's kind of a dance we have to do. You know, we don't want to necessarily step on um, our folks that do those vendors, you know, do those, uh, change management systems, but uh, we do have to give it, you know, the ability for teams to do that. We do have one team here that uh, internally uses um, IFS to build their products, you know, and when I say products, I mean actual help systems products that are driven from the IFS. So uh, one of the directions I've given to, to my team is that let's take one of our existing uh, plugin products um, called Abstract and put that into IFS. And then that gives us a real working uh, example of how we can improve it. So, and, and that's the way we, you know, do a lot of our improvements, right? Um, we'll find source from within our company that breaks something and then we'll fix it. So, you know, Steve, you mentioned plugins and you're absolutely right. As far as, as far as a third party tools are concerned, I've used, uh, probably all of them at one point at different sites, and they do a, an excellent job. The, the third-party tooling that's available is really good. So just you know, kudos to them. But you know, the one plugin that comes to my mind that anybody can get for free is iSphere. We have to at least have that give them a mention because that, that's been around for quite some time. It is free, and it really does extend the use of RDI. You want to just uh, give you some give some thoughts on iSphere? Yeah, no, like I said, I, you know, I personally don't use iSphere. When I try to run, I try to run without third party plugins, so that it doesn't cloud my, my judgment of, of base RDI. But there's not a single person um, at help systems who doesn't use RDI and iSphere. Um, and most people that I know, uh, will go ahead and load it. Um, Thomas does a wonderful job of updating iSphere and I can put a shout out to him as probably our number one beta tester as well. So um, we work really closely with him to make sure that, you know, we, we, the purpose of our beta program that we had talked about before, right, is so that third party 
um, plugins can make sure that they don't break when we uh, do a release, right? That's our, that was our number one reason for going to six weeks was to give them time to go ahead and make any changes in case something happens um, within a release. Uh, so iSphere does a great job. Um, there's a, actually a, a, out on the RDI hub, Charlie, there's a list of all um, thir third party plugins or what we call how to extend RDI. Um, because again, you know, we can't do everything. Um, we just don't have the time to do it all, right? So we have a, uh, we have a community out there in the RDI hub uh, where people can go ahead and, and take a peek at different uh, third party plugins. Um, if any are missing on there, so if anyone's listening to the podcast and has a plugin um, that isn't listed there, please send me an email. Um, I'll get the uh, RDI team in uh, Toronto to add you um, to that list or I'll add it to myself. Um, because again, it's a great resource for going and figuring out, you know, what do I want to do? Um, do you want to do uh, RPG uh, J units? Do you want to do unit testing? Do you want to extend in the case of iSphere? You know, the question came up today on WDSCI uh, mailing list, how do I copy from one member to another? And the answer was iSphere. And again, you know, there are things that iSphere can do that we haven't um, opted to implement right now because, again, they do such a great job. Um, I would say that there are times where we may have to do some overlap um, and do some of the functionality because larger companies, some banks uh, won't allow open source. It's a wonderful open source product, though. And to be fair to the RDI development team in general, it's not really it would be nearly impossible for you to come up with every every possible plugin that every, you know, to, to, to satisfy every request that every developer wants. Right. And like I said, you know, I think of it as a community, right? Um, Eclipse really is made for that, right? And part of that RDI hub that I talked about tells people how to create their own. You know, you may have a, a large company that has something very specific they want to do. We give them pretty detailed instructions on how to create their own plugins so they could create their own to do their own process. So if I want, if I'm a newbie to either the platform or a newbie, a new developer starting to use RDI, things like that, how do I get started? I mean, where do I go? Where are some resources that I can learn how to, once I have this thing out of the box, how do I, or where do companies go? How do I start using this? Or where do companies go to train their teams? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's, again, I, you know, I keep bringing up the RDI hub, um, but the RDI development hub has an education section. You know, we have a lot of great trainers that are out there. Um, there's training on LinkedIn. Um, I know you have some videos, Charlie. Um, again, Steve Farrell RDI videos. Um, I typically will show, you know, a feature 90 seconds long, how to get started. Um, there's one out there really kind of like you're talking about is the PDM perspective. How do I get started, right? So we take you into the new um, user experience, right? We added that in 9611. And that new user experience really is a way to take, you know, it used to take 16 steps, 15 or 16 steps to go in and, um, get a connection set up, right? And now it's one panel, you supply the information, you hit enter, and boom, you have everything at your fingertips ready to start. 
Um, so I would say if people are looking for education, there's some wonderful resources um, um, under the education um, section of RDI Hub. You know, you, you keep mentioning, and you mentioned the RDI Development Hub, and 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 with for, for good reason because it, that really is the one-stop shop in my view. It has everything from from fixed packs to education to uh, communicating back to IBM, reporting issues, things like that. So that really is a one-stop shop for everything that encompasses RDI. So I really, that's that's the first place that I will look to to find about new fixed packs, things like that. That's definitely a place you want to take a look, a look at. Right. And, and, you know, again, there's education links. There's uh, links on how to find your license. Um, there's how, you know, there's a wonderful detailed page on how to, how to contact IBM support, right? That's one of the things I hear a lot of is, boy, gosh, it's hard to get a hold of IBM support. And if you go to RDI Hub and you scroll down, there's a nice section, you know, one, two, three, how to do it. Probably the, the most difficult thing might be for finding your uh, your customer number. A lot of times people will buy it from a third party. They may not know the customer number. Um, but I be, you know, and the question has come up, what if I'm a, a new user and I don't have a customer number? What do I do? They have an 800 number you can call um, and get customer support that way. So if you're a trial customer and you're having difficulties, that's a great place to start. So as we uh, kind of wrap this up, Steve, I'm just curious to, to hear your own thoughts. What, what's your message to anybody who has not yet taken the leap, be it that they're new to the platform or a developer who's still using some of the older green screen tools? What's your, what's your message as, as the, uh, the team lead of RDI? What is your message to the to those people out there? I, again, you know, I think we had talked about it early on in the interview, Charlie, and that is that once you give it a try and once you've made the commitment to learn how to use RDI, which we're trying to make it even easier, you won't go back, right? Even if you're using older code, um, you know, we've got a lot of people who have some really old code out there, right? And we do RFEs to help those folks uh, look at the the new information as well, right? So the number one thing I would say is invest in yourself, right? We're gonna do everything we can to help you be more productive. And the first step you can take is go to RDI, um, learn um, how to use it, use the resources that are out there. There's great free resources. There's great training, paid training. Um, if you, you know, we have companies buy 250, 300 licenses at a time, they wanna bring trainers in. You know, there's information as to where those those trainers can come from, right from RDI Hub. So, but but the bottom line is, you know, I, I make a commitment to folks. Um, I'm passionate in making sure that we're going to make sure that you're more productive, right? To me, that's the number one thing is making you more productive. Um, all those great, wonderful RPG enhancements that the RPG team makes every year, you know, we typically have those in um, RDI before they ship or right after. Um, you had mentioned before that SU hasn't been changed in years. Um, you're missing out on a lot if you uh, haven't gone to a new platform. I will echo your sentiment, Steve. I, I, I totally agree with you there. Steve, I want to thank you for your time today. This was a very, a very rich conversation. I think you've really so, um, I appreciate your candor on this, and I think it was important to get the message out. So I, I really want to just thank you for your time again, and thank you for the, the great work that you and your team do in supporting RDI.
Well, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. And again, I know we had talked about a little bit about the need for beta testers. You know, again, if you can give give my email address out in there, I would love more beta testers. Or uh, we had talked about customer interviews, if I can, real quickly. Um, you know, if, if you're one of those new users, either to the platform or to RDI, you know, I really need to talk to, to some customers that, uh, you know, are new to it, right? If you're an, an old seasoned veteran and you want to talk, please contact me as well. I, you know, the more people that I can talk to, the broader base I can get uh, for helping make the decisions on what, you know, RDI needs to go, how it needs to, to continue to improve, so. I'm just so happy that the, the team at Health Systems and IBM, they're so receptive to uh, listening to what the community wants. That, that's, that's a vital part to keeping everybody, you know, very productive. So I, I thank you again for that. Well, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that in that, you know, it's wonderful that we've, you know, we've had this great um, relationship with the IBM team, right? I mean, we purchased the product four years ago, but we still meet with them, you know, every two weeks um, to discuss the product. And that's just fantastic that they continue to support us as, as much as they do. So a big shout out to that team. You know, we're glad you're there. That's great. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. All right, everybody. This, this wraps up uh, this month's podcast of Tech Talk SMB. I look forward to speaking with everybody again next month. And make sure you check out the Tech Channel website. There are lots of other good podcasts on there, as well as other great resources for you to, to take a look at. And until next month, take care, everybody. Bye now.